Welcome to Frankly Speaking. With Mayor B. I'm Frank Pezzanite III. And I'm Meredith Broadbeck, also known as Mayor B. And we're back, you guys. It's been a long hiatus. We've been off for two weeks. <laughs> Longer than expected. Longer than expected. Um, between my vacation and some technical difficulties last and, week. And my travels. Um, so we've been on a little break, but we are back in the saddle and we're excited <laughs> to be here. Um, and and we, we are actually watching words record right now, so have no fear. Yeah, so we know it's working. <laughs> um, so uh, the other thing that we wanted to talk about was that we're actually going to be scaling back how frequently we release episodes. Um, a, we've gotten feedback from a lot of people that they just haven't had time to listen to two a week and people are behind. And also, it's the summer, guys, and we need time to be driving around in convertibles with the top down with the wind blowing in our hair. We got tans to get we, and drinks to drink. We sure do. Um, so we're just going to be releasing now on Tuesdays. So just once a week, starting this week. Yeah. And actually, I heard from a friend due to the hiatus that she actually did catch up. Oh, good. So yeah. I, I hope you guys <laughs> have had some time to catch up. It'll make me feel better when I go to sleep <laughs> at night. Um, so let's see. House cleaning? Uh, well, let's, yeah, we do a little house cleaning and then we'll okay. start talking about the episode. Okay. So we did have a little house cleaning way back from episode 10 about Lauren's 21st birthday. So when I was looking up episode photos, which is where I notice a lot of interesting events and or mistakes with this show, I found the pictures from Lauren's real 21st birthday. Frank was right. She did have a massive 21st birthday party. It was sponsored. It was held at area. It was right after Lauren became a spokesperson for the Avon Mark brand. So there was a big step and repeat. They paid for everything. And I think the reason that Heidi throws her another birthday party is that it was like just her and Heidi on the guest list. Like I didn't see Spencer. I didn't see Brody. I didn't see like the cast. It was just her and Heidi. I wonder if, was Heidi a spokesperson for Mark too? No. No. So it was just Lauren. Okay. Yeah. Heidi, I think has forever been known as Lauren's friend and that's about it. Or pop star. Yeah. <laughs> well, and so, I'm sure that the club only wanted to pay two people. Right. And it's Lauren's birthday. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, the other thing that was really funny that I noticed in the photos was that you can see Heidi walking the red carpet and someone's holding out a magazine spread with the whole cast and Heidi's giving like autographs as she walks. Because <laughs> she was born to be a star, baby. Oh my God. Just ask her. Um, so then another piece of house cleaning, Frank and I had talked about trying to participate in Low Bosworth's Ask Me Anything YouTube live webcasts. And I went through all the comments and questions from her previous live webcast. And someone actually asked her the question about Jen Bunny and, you know, why Jen was responsible for Lauren and her not speaking. And she, it was the one question in the whole live cast that she skipped over. I wonder if she, because now says, since you went through the old ones, were there other questions about the hills? Yeah, but it was pretty simple. It was like, did you have to try out to be on Laguna Beach? And like, like did she answer those questions? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Because I was going to say maybe she just wouldn't answer anything about the time period. But oh, interesting. No. Mm. Yeah, it was all like we heard a, a television crew was coming and we sat down with like producers and talked about our friends, but no one really knew what it was. It was originally supposed to be in Newport Beach, but then it ended up at Laguna. Like, she answered every question but this one, so that means there's something shady going on, and I want to know. Me too. What are you hiding, low? Yeah. What it's also hiding? probably something really stupid. We know Jen Bunny's a hoe, and she probably, like, stole Lowe's boyfriend or something. I wonder if I just, like, stalker-tweeted her from the podcast tweet Twitter. Yeah. Like, in a very nice way, but, like, daily. Yeah. <laughs> she would eventually cave and tell me. Yeah. I'll review your podcast if you tell me. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe that'll be my little thing now. Yep. Um, All right. So is that all the house cleaning? The only other house cleaning I had was about Brody Jenner's fiance. 
because, well, now Brody's been engaged for like a month. Caitlin. <laughs> Caitlin Carter. Mm-hmm. Yep. So just a little bit about Caitlin Carter for all of you who may not know. She is from New Hampshire. She's from Portsmouth, New Hampshire, a fellow Granite Stater. Um, but my favorite part about her is that she sort of rose to fame. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> because she entered a hometown hotties contest for Maxim magazine and she was one of the 10 finalists and she ended up dating David Spade. Um, interesting. David Spade actually pulls a lot of high class tail. He does. Um, apparently he has a huge penis. That's the word on the street. Like he's kind like a horse. Um, and he's had a lot of beautiful girlfriends. Yeah. Young, too. She was the phase, like, I think when she dated him, she was, like, 20 or 21. Like, she looked very young compared to him. Um, I mean, because he's, like, Heather Locklear, Sherilyn Fenn. Like, he's had some big, like, names. Yeah. Um, so, Caitlin Carter also has this, like, kind of style blog. Or Oh, no. I'm sorry. Laura Flynn Boyle. I, oh, yeah, Not yeah, Sherilyn yeah. Fenn. Laura yeah, Flynn yeah. Boyle. I'm sorry. But go um, ahead. So, Caitlin Carter has one of those, like, lifestyle fashion sites that, like, everybody has now. But it's called Western Wild, which I found was really funny because she's from New Hampshire, but... She's gone, she's gone, she's gone full Western, but the Instagram is pretty and you know, her and Brody are happy and her engagement photo was a crotch shot of her in a bikini. So was this hometown hotties contest in New Hampshire? No. So like there's one hometown hottie from like each state. Oh, so, so she like was she the sent New in Hampshire a photo and like hottie. made it through all the New Hampshire people. And then she was one of the top 10 finalists for the country, but she's referred to frequently as a finalist. So clearly she didn't win. Okay. Top 10 probably. Yeah. But apparently I think that's how David Spade noticed her. Oh, well, I mean, who, does this contest still exist? I don't know. Does Maxim still exist? I don't know. I don't that's know. a really good question. <laughs> Weren't they going to put someone's butt on the moon? Wait, what? Well, no, I'm pretty sure that Maxim, I think it was Tila Tequila. Maxim was going to, like, superimpose, like, um, bat signal style, someone's butt on the moon. What? I swear to God this is a thing. I'm going to look it up for next week, but I swear to God it's a thing. It was a thing they tried to do. It didn't happen, but they tried to do it. Wow, I don't remember that at all, but Tila Tequila, what a blast from the past. Oh, my God. Um, But I don't know. We'll have to look and see if Maxim is still a thing. And if so, maybe we'll enter the Hometown Hotties contest. Oh, okay. You can. Sure. <laughs> Does DC count? Lots of times they don't count, DC. I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. Um, but that's all. That's it. That's all the okay. house cleaning. We're so done. So the house is immaculate now. Yep. Um, so then we can get into our series, The Hills Have Size. We are uh, season two. This is episode 11, Redux. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little redo. <laughs> Everybody falls. Yep. And we, everyone falls. We fell. We We fell, guys. We did. We did. In in an homage to the episode, (laughs) we fell. (laughs) And for all of you who can guess what my reaction was when I woke up that morning to edit the podcast before I left on my work trip, let me just tell you that my husband thought someone died. (laughs) Um, I got a lot of very sad texts from Meredith. I had to talk her off the ledge a little bit. I was a little worried about her safety, guys. (laughs) Yeah. She took it real hard. I was pissed. I was really pissed. But we're back in the saddle. And just like just like Whitney, we're gonna hop right back up and and carry on. And keep smiling. Yep, keep smiling. Okay. (laughs) So scenes from the previous episode. Well, it's not even scenes from the previous episode anymore. It's almost like this voiceover introducing what's to come. Yeah, and that has been mentioned before, and when a lot when we talked about, and I, I think we've just, I've definitely discussed this previously in the podcast, but um, a lot of the issue Heidi has said, and people, ha- other people have said that because Lauren gets to 
narrate the narrative in the beginning of the episode it really is her perspective and that's what this was it, some of it wasn't even stuff that we saw next week it was stuff we'd never seen but it was just yeah. lauren talking about like what had happened and what's about to happen right and it's they sound canned like they're written for her because they're like oh. leading you into the episode but one thing we didn't know is that whitney's about to graduate yes i think we had a hint that she's a year ahead in school but like we we didn't know that um, and then Lauren says that she's about to learn the last step is sometimes the hardest. Well, and my favorite was that in a lot of this little montage bit in the beginning, um, there were tons of shots of super intern Emily. Mm-hmm. And there was actually a little voiceover from Lisa Love. And the very, very sneaky editors um, show a picture of um, super intern Emily and the voiceover that Lisa Love is saying is um, to Emily, you can take the other girls down. Yeah. While Lauren is talking about, like, things to come yeah. for Whitney and the other girls. So it's basically like Emily's taking them down. When she really just meant you can take them downstairs. But yeah. very clever editing, I thought. Yeah, agreed. Um, so we open and we are at Teen Vogue. We are, we are in Lisa Love's office. We are with the giant love poster. I know. I finally saw it. I made sure to, (laughs) it says love and there's a heart. And a heart. Yeah. yeah, No, I made sure to notice it today. Um, so it is Oscars week. So this is actually not far after Lauren's birthday, which means Oscars are always like second or third week of February. Yes. Yep. Um, so Teen Vogue is doing a segment with Good Morning America mm-hmm. um, about this special um, exhibit of Oscar gowns. But they're going to put some on Good Morning America and it's going to going to be introduced and narrated live by Andre Leon Talley, yes. who at the time was editor-at-large of Vogue proper. And specifically 30 dresses. Yes. That's what the whole exhibit is, but they didn't put 30 on TV, I guess. No? I don't know. There were a lot of girls. That's true. I think they were coming down four at a time. I think they, were, I think they did all 30. Oh, maybe you're right. Yeah, I think they do. We just got to see four, but I think that they did all 30. Okay, there you go. Um, So anyway, they are talking about how this is going to happen and that Lisa needs lots of help from the two of them. And it's really important because (coughs) all these editors are going to be there. Lauren Howell and Andre Leon Talley, et cetera, et cetera. And Whitney's just wearing like this kind of white um, printed top. Lauren, on the other hand, is... Oh my God. So, uh, <laughs> watching it a second time now, oh, my which we're going to say a lot in the next few episodes, watching it a second time, I actually noticed even more details that made it more hideous than when we watched it the first time. So she's wearing a long kind of silk sheer with like a vertical stripe. I think you're being forgiving. I think it looked like rayon. Oh, okay. But it, it's yellow with yeah. spaghetti straps. And it's long, like, it goes like to the hip. It's longer. Yeah. And underneath that... She's wearing a black camisole halter. So she's got halter straps that are black sticking out under spaghetti straps that are yellow. And like sometimes in that era, you would layer tank tops, but usually they were like the same color or they at least had the same cut. And you wouldn't put dark under light. I was less horrified by that than by the fabric and the bulky hideous. I mean, it looks like a shorter version of a nighty that yeah. my Nana would have bought at Woolworths. <laughs> yeah. Like I, it really was terrible. And there's some and flammable. It looked flammable. Yeah, it did look flammable. <laughs> and there's some really bad layering at the end of the episode, also that we'll talk about. But it, the coloring in the second one is better anyway. Um, so then 
Whitney asks Lisa Love if she wants to talk for a minute, and Lauren excuses herself to go back to the closet, which is where you get the glimpse of the double tank tops from the back, uh, and it's not doing it any favors. No. Um, and Whitney goes for a job. She yeah. puts it out there and says, I'm graduating in May, and I'd love to, it's my dream to work for you or to work for Amy, and to just like keep this going. Which is really bold, and it's awesome, because it's Whitney. And Lisa says, you know, there is a position coming up. It's a fashion contributor. It sounds a lot like what Whitney does now, except that she would be in charge of the interns. I th- Yeah, I think that she would be doing what she's doing now, except she would be officially in charge of the interns, and she'd be getting paid. Right. That would be the difference. Oh, yeah. Now, <laughs> here's my question. Do you think... That the producers asked her to ask because this was a setup for the city. Because they wanted to get her to New York. Or no. No, because she goes to New York way later. Wait, oh yeah, I guess that's true. The city is when she leaves the hills. Yeah, it's like I guess that's true. after season four? Okay. Yeah, that's when she leaves People's Revolution. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because the okay. city is when she gets a job for Diane von Burstenberg. You're right. I'm always second-guessing the producers there. I feel like nothing happens intrinsically, but... You're well, right. Maybe this was intrinsic. Yeah, and then later this episode, Lauren says something like, "Well, when I come back next year, blah blah blah." And I was like, "Oh, so it's prearranged? Do you have that internship till Forever. the daughter time?" Okay. The end, yeah, the... I know. Um, but anyway, Lisa's very receptive to Whitney bringing it up, which is great. And she did let her know there's going to be some competition, aka super intern. Well, and I they imply it's super intern, but we don't know. Well, and, but one of the things that I put too is that I really feel like that Lisa Love like extended the olive branch and then kind of snatched it away a little bit because she goes on and on about oh yes and this yeah. position would be wonderful and blah 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 blah, blah. and then at the <laughs> very end says oh the caveat is that there are a million other people applying and it's not a definite you're gonna get it yep pretty much um, so then Whitney goes back to the closet and tells Lauren about, you know, basically everything we just said and what she talked to Lisa about and said there's going to be competition. And Lauren kind of says, like, oh, I wouldn't want to go up against Emily. And Whitney goes, yeah, I mean, we'll see. You know, she's just very positive and cheery. And Lauren is very supportive and says, let's make you look good then. Yeah. Well, because they say this new shoot coming up that she, she had the GMA shoot that yep. she has to work on. Like, let's make you look great. Um, now, I love how super Emily is always kind of looming like a specter in the background I know. of all their comrades. Like, she's just... Which is funny, because other than this, she was only with them one time, and she wasn't with Whitney really at all, except yeah. for a minute, and she's in New York. But they really, like... And all of her other internships are in New York, and after looking up that young girl, she's still in New York. I don't yeah. think she's ever lived in L.A. I don't think she ever interned in L.A. I don't... I like that she's how they're making her into a nemesis that she doesn't really have to be. Right. Well, the other thing that I had dropped in a previous episode that I had found is there was um, this famous, well, not famous, there's this other like fashion and lifestyle blogger now. Her name's Emily Shulman, and she does cupcakes and cashmere. She was also a Teen Vogue intern at the same time. So sometimes I kind of wonder, like, which Emily are they talking about? They just, like, played it up. Oh, that's really true. Oh, there could be multiples. So in my, so in my own mind, maybe it's Emily Shulman. So take heed, listeners. If you want to have a child... Who grows up to be a super intern at Vogue. Name her Emily. Yeah. Apparently all Emilys do well at Teen Vogue. Yep. It's true. So then, where are we? We're at Don Antonio's. <laughs> we are indeed. Which we really need to go to LA and go to. I know. Like, immediately. As soon as, Diana, as soon as you move there, expect two visitors. Oh, yeah. We're in it to win it, and we're going to get the Spencer steak, and we're just going to, like, We're not even going to wait until you unpack the boxes. We'll, we'll sleep in sleeping yeah, bags. Yeah, for sure. And we're going to spend all our time in front of Don Antonio's. Um, so we are at, uh, we're with Spidey at Don Antonio's. Yep. And we're at their special table. Mm-hmm. And 
So we see them as their food is arriving, and it killed me even a second time that Spencer, <laughs> he does the Arsenio Hall, like, woo, 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 yeah. woo, as they, like, deliver his fajitas. <laughs> like, I get really excited to eat, too, but I don't think I do that in public. Well, and I also, it, every time they go there, they order so much food. It's and, like, I wondered if it was just, like, all the plates you get with fajitas, you know? Like, sometimes they do the rice and the beans, and sometimes they do the, like, hot grill plate, and then they have the basket of... Th- it was more than that. No, it was so much. And I have to say that to this day... I hope two people were in the bathroom. Because I do follow Spencer on... Like, I'm not a Snapchatter, but I do watch Spencer's Snapchats. Most of his are about Mexican food. <laughs> like, they're oh, all yeah. about burritos and enchiladas, and I don't understand how they don't weigh 8 million pounds. It's not fair. It's probably, like, they eat once a day, probably. That's worse for you. Well, I don't know. I want to know what their secret is. Speed. And we and to be fair, even on Snapchat, he shows the food new, but we never see it like fully eaten. So maybe they eat like two bites and throw it away. Maybe. But either way, yeah. something is going on there. Yeah. So after he like whoops it up and they get a massive amount of food, I started to wonder if Spencer wears like lipstick or lip gloss. His lips are very shiny. They are very shiny and they are they're a nice hue, but they're like a hue that doesn't exist. Like his lips almost look coral. It could be like the weird like lighting in the Mexican restaurant, but they have like an orangey tint that's not natural. I am hoping it's the lighting in the restaurant. Yeah. But did you notice how they looked like a little like pert and like pink? A little bit, but I have what is akin to Don Antonio's lighting here in my apartment. And, and your lips look like that right now. Oh, good. <laughs> I would snap or I would Snapchat this or Instagram this, but I just came from the gym and that's not gonna happen. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Um, so then Spencer just kind of starts dropping bombs about Lauren, which is like his favorite thing to do now, and it gets he's a broken record already. Well, and you know what I did not pick up the first time we watched this is that they talk about Lauren's birthday on the toast, which I said at the time I thought was really lovely and out of character for Spencer to give such a heartfelt toast saying, like, you know, just because Heidi loves you, I much love you too, whatever. And Heidi says it was nice. And then Spencer negates the whole thing yep. by saying, you thought I was trying to be um, nice and I was trying to be mean. When did he say that? When they were at dinner. I missed it the first time. Oh, when he's talking about the toast? Yes. Oh. Yeah. I didn't hear him say that. He does. I wrote it down because I was so shocked because I didn't hear it the first time. I think because it was just like innocuous banner and we were just like, whatever. But he says, he was like, oh, you thought I was trying to be nice. I was trying to be mean. And he says it just like that. Weird. I know. What a little shit. I know. Now it makes more sense. Uh, totally. Although, how is that mean? I don't know. It doesn't, like, I, again, well, I think. because it did kind of come out like a weird backhanded compliment. It was like, I don't like you, but the person I love likes you. But, but I almost wonder, though, too, if, if he was being sincere and nice and then was like, wait a minute, I need to, I, I, that was a little too nice. I got to villain it up. So next time we talk about it, I'm going to say I was being a dick. I don't know, though. Like, <laughs> so, like, if my husband knows that I don't like someone he's in contact with and we go to that person's birthday party and I give the toast and I'm like, well, me and this person don't see eye to eye, but build sees eye to eye with him and therefore he's amazing you know it's like uh okay it seemed pretty since i don't know but i just thought i was just like Spencer, <laughs> fuck you like you just ruined it all yeah. you negated the whole thing and this is where he's also a broken record is that he dives right into pressuring heidi to move in with him and what i don't understand is that heidi actually reverts back to all this horseshit about the playmates yeah the playmate incident in quotes yeah and she says like well if i'm gonna do this with you like there's gonna be no more playmates and no more this and no more that and he's like i mean the difference between like then and now is like i love you to the from the earth to the moon 
And she's just like, well, I don't know. And all of a sudden she's got these like fake bullshit doubts. And he's like, are you saying you don't trust me? And she kind of says yes. Well, and again, I think this is Spencer orchestrated. Yeah. Or Heidi just not saying that she's scared. Yeah, and that's what she should say. But I think that they've had all of this discussed behind the scenes before. I think they already knew they were begin together. And he's like, yeah. this is our story arc. We need to, like, really play it up. Yeah, and we learn later in the episode, too, that this episode is pretty accurate in time. Like, this actually is yeah. February. Um, but he brought it up for the first time on New Year's Eve. It's been four weeks. Sometimes if you have a lease, like... Even if she had said the next day, I'll move out. She's not done yet. Well, and that's the other thing they're not discussing at all is the lease, which probably isn't up until September, which they have not once mentioned. Um, and I, the play, her bringing up the Playmate incident, though, makes leads me to believe, and I believe that we discussed this last time. Um, well, not last time that you guys heard, but last time <laughs> when you weren't here. But it's out in the ether. Um, I believe we discussed that there must have been multiple. Like, the Playmate incident wasn't that one night at the club. Like, I think there was a lot of Playmates. I think he was hanging out with Brody and a bunch of, like... Yes, I don't know. I, I think there were multiple Playmates. Or that's just the one that was on the show, so that's the one they keep harping on. Like, I don't know. But I think when Heidi talks about Playmates, I don't think she means that Playmate. I think that there have been numerous incidents I'm and sure. we just saw the one. I'm sure. whatever um so then we go to my favorite scene of the episode and we are at the fitting for good morning america well no your favorite scene is at the end well my favorite line (laughs) is at the end (laughs) so we're at the good morning america fitting and lauren and whitney are like running around and helping people find shoes and like opening garment bags and what I love is that Lauren says, where's Super Emily? Uh-huh. She's not even Super Intern anymore. She's Super, super Emily, Emily. Which is way better and more accurate, actually. Um, so we see Super Emily walking down the hall, again doing her New York strut. Her outfit, I dis- I liked it a lot less this time. I uh, See, well, again, I liked everything but the shoes. I was anti-shoes last time. You liked the shoes. I was anti-shoes. Well, they're nude shoes. I just don't have a strong opinion about them. I, I agree the outfit would be better with black ones, yeah. but... So she's wearing this black pencil skirt and this intentionally billowy like men's dress shirt is kind of what it's styled after. Um, but it's huge. It's like, it's even more billowy than I thought it was. And it's tucked into the pencil skirt and there she's wearing like a giant belt. It's very 80s, which for 2007 is... We weren't quite there yet. Well, but the billowy part of that shirt, because it was... Like, pillowy, actually. Yeah. And that was very in. Because I worked with a girl who... Well, she's not a girl. She's a woman. She's kind of a bitch, actually. <laughs> um, and she had this Gautier dress that she would wear to work. And we all called it her diaper dress. Because it was, like, this off-white. And it was sleeveless. And then it, like, had elastic or something that bunch... It almost was, like, a pants and not a skirt. But it looked like a skirt. And it... it was elastic tight around the knee and then it billowed out like pillows like that. So that was kind of, it was around the same time huh. period. I think that was just a fashion thing they were trying to make happen. This yeah. like pillowy, bulky. Right. Cause to me, when she was walking down the hallway, it almost looks like something that Demi Moore's character would have worn in St. Elmo's Fire. I feel like with a modern twist. Yes. Yeah. Or like a Robert Palmer girl. But yeah, like with exactly. A, but with a modern twist. Yeah. Like, and I still, I thought, she, I still thought she, she still looked fierce. Good. She looked amazing. Her yeah. walk was awesome. My issue with it was the shoes. You, I, I feel like you don't wear an all black and white outfit and then nude shoes. Um, especially not in February. No. I agree. Yeah, that was my problem with it. Yeah. But she looks amazing. She does. I mean, the walking was just fabulous. Yeah. And Lauren's wearing another headband. 
Um, this one's kind of like a braided one with some like gold shit in it. It almost looks like the chain of like a Chanel bag. Yeah, I did. Maybe it's a Chanel headband actually. Maybe. That seems like something that she would wear on yeah. a filming day. Yeah. Um, and Lauren Howell is back, aka Lauren, L-A-W-R-E-N. <laughs> they always show her name and it's just, it's a slap in the face every time. And she informs us that Andre Leon Talley is coming and he hates chaos. Yep. Just keep the people yeah. in the chaos out. Lauren, are you listening? Which I <laughs> do not believe for a minute. Especially after watching Andre Leon. I think he thrives on chaos. Like, so, I don't believe that. You do not work your way up the ladder to become editor at large of Vogue if you don't love chaos. Yeah. What, do, what is a fashion show? What is a magazine show? Beyond is, chaos. Yeah, like, Beyond chaos. So Lauren Howell is just like a huge Debbie Downer every time she appears on camera. 24-7. Yeah. Um, so we do see a lot of really exciting like Oscar dresses go by that were... I guess they were a part of this like exhibit of 30. That would make sense. Um, so we see... Out of the corner of the eye, we see the Halle Berry, like, floral, when she won for Million Dollar Baby. We see the Gwyneth Paltrow, pink, Ralph Lauren. We see Julia Roberts for Aaron Brockovich, which I think was Ralph Lauren, the, like, black and white mm-hmm. one. Um, I recognized a J-Lo one. Um, it's, it was asymmetrical. It had a twisted strap. It was, like, gray, but two different types of gray, like chest and then bodice. Um, I think it's the one where she wears those... Um, fox hair eyelashes when she was with Ben Affleck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kind of almost tunicky. Yeah, yeah. yep. Um, and it's very exciting. And we see the Hillary Swank on another model. And later, someone else gets to wear that. So then Andre Lee Allen Talley shows up. And it is amazing. Yeah, and I, I want you to describe his outfit. Okay, um, I... Almost fell off the couch the first time we watched this because I had, I, I, I maybe Andre Leon Talley wasn't on my radar when I watched this the first time 10 years ago or what, I mean. I think you're just used to how he dresses now. Yeah. I, it's, so it's such a, so uh, for those of you who know Andre Leon Talley, like you generally now he's in some giant caftan looking thing. I feel like that, um, what's his name from Rich Kids of Beverly Hills? E.J. Johnson. Tries to dress like Andre Leon Talley. He sometimes. did when he was fat. He doesn't yeah. anymore. Yeah. When he was fat, he definitely tried to nip, but now he wears every skin type bodysuits. Yep. Um, oh, sidebar. Um, I was watching Rich Kids of Beverly Hills last night, and he's getting <laughs> his own spinoff called E.J. NYC, and I'm kind of a little too excited about it. Ooh. <laughs> I'll dive in with that. I'm a little too excited yeah. about it. Um, so, um, Andre Leon Talley, who usually wears like a fez with a, a, a big caftan, and I. Shows up at this <laughs> photo shoot in a hockey jersey, yeah, and a knit cap, yeah, like or, a like something like a longshoreman would wear, or like an '80s Benetton sweatshirt. Yeah, but it had a hockey look to it, like yeah. so it was all red, and it had the big white stripe with like red writing, red writing on it. Yeah, um, it, it, yeah, he looked like a longshoreman. Yeah, he also when in the very first shot, he's got a like a name tag, like a sticky name yes! tag, a skew on part of his chest. Like, it looks like it could say, hello, my name is Andre. Like, he had to introduce himself to somebody before he came in. Very strange. Yeah. Very, very strange. <laughs> and I was definitely taken aback. Yeah. So then we get more kind of, like, fun B-roll of Lauren and Whitney being helpful and, like, putting shoes on models and things like that. 
And he says, where are those Manolo Blahnik flats? And you see Lauren like cross the room and she remembers where she put them. And he goes, oh, little intern asserting herself. She's being assertive and kind of making fun of her, but I liked it anyway. He's complimenting her, but he's kind of mocking her also. I think also too, he just likes to hear himself talk and I like to hear him talk too. I do too. Like some people yeah. I'm like, oh, they like to hear themselves talk because annoying <laughs> him. I could listen to him all day. He was just like, give like- a girl and you're getting this and woo! You mean like losers with podcasts? You're pretty... <laughs> Pretty much. (laughs) I don't know about those people who listen to themselves talk. Um, So then Whitney speaks up and says, like, have you seen this brand of flat? Like, they're just basic flats that come in every color. And, you know, they're kind of like, oh, like, that's a good idea. And then Andre Leontelli says, are you a model? You in the top? Are you a model? And I will say, Whitney looks gorgeous on this day. Stunning. I don't know whether she got her... Or wait, as Whitney would say, Stunning. <laughs> she has a really bad one later in this episode. I wrote it down. Um, she looks like she got her makeup done before meeting. I ALT. think she, I think they did it for her. I because her show hair did. is also stunning, and like Lauren doesn't look that good. No, Lauren did but her own. See, ma- that's why I'm a little skeptical of this being on the fly. Yeah, this whole her being on Good Mary because she looked prepped and ready to she go. She did. She did. Her makeup was flawless. Done. Yeah. Like, I mean, and definitely done. She didn't do it herself. Her hair looked a lot like Heidi's hair in the New Year's Eve episode. Yeah. And that was done. Yeah. Yep. I agree. But anyway, Whitney looks great. And so maybe this like fake discovery is, you know, whatever. I mean, to, uh, on the one hand, part of me thinks it's fake, but on the other, I'm wondering maybe they didn't tell her. Maybe they were like, oh, is so sweet. seems very genuine yeah. and sweet. So maybe they were like, hey, we're going to do your makeup and your hair for you today and didn't tell her Maybe. this is going to be happening. Yeah. Cause Andre Leon Talley, like I could see that be act- being acting a little bit. Yeah. And well, it so was amazing. We also need to explain what actually happens. So Whitney's standing off to the side and he says like, you are you a model? And she says, Oh no. And he's like, he makes this amazing face. Like what? Like horrified. horrified. And she's like, and he said, no one ever told you you should model. She goes, well, I mean, I'm pretty tall. So like some people have said, and he goes, you missed your calling. And then she was like, she's like, oh my God, I'm starting to sweat. Like she gets nervous. <laughs> and he says like, we, we should put her in one of these dresses. And she gets really nervous and you can see her fanning herself and she walks across the room and he goes, oh my God, look at how skinny her legs are. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then he's kind of like talking to himself. Like they take Whitney. Oh, he's a thousand percent talking yeah. to himself. So <laughs> they take Whitney back to the dressing area. And Lisa Love suggests that <laughs> she goes, let's, let's try her in the Faye Dunaway white dress. And Andre Leontelli's face drops and he goes, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, you know what she looked great in? Bring her that Hillary Swank dress. No, before that it was Sophia Loren. Oh, that's right. Sophia Loren. And then he changes his mind yeah. and says, you bring her that, that Hillary Swank, Gila Roche. And then <laughs> he's doing this amazing thing where he looks like he's like rubbing moisturizer on his face, but he's not touching his face. And this is where he's really talking to himself and he's talking about Whitney and he's like, she's, she's beautiful. She's got that, that face for television. She's going to be a star. She's going to, she's got that face. She's got that look. <laughs> and what he was doing, listeners, was voguing. Basically. No, I mean, a thousand yeah. percent. It's what he was doing. He yeah. was doing, like, all the Vogue movements, and that's what he was like. She's got the face for television. Yeah. Face for, yeah. And he was full-on doing, like, the interior Vogue, like, hand motions. Yeah. So then Whitney comes out of the dressing area in this, the backless Hillary Swank navy dress. Jersey knit. 
Yeah, I know. I was surprised by that, but we find out why Hillary Swank chose that later. But it looks better on Whitney than it did on Hillary Swank. Oh, uh, she looks fabulous. Her back is like six feet long. It looks unreal. And Andre Leon Telly just screams, A star is born! <laughs> it's it's a little piece of heaven for us Whitney fans. Um, and what we forgot to cover is that while all of this is going on, oh. super intern Emily is in the back, wah, wah. side eye, <laughs> eye rolling, yeah. like, <sighs> like sighing, and like they keep, I mean, the editors did an amazing job with this one, because I'm yeah. sure it was just like one or two things they kept showing over and over again, yeah. but they made it look like she was just short of like stomping her feet, I know. and going like, why? Yeah. Pretty much. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. And Super Emily is also apparently going to be on Good Morning America. Well, and Super Emily was always going to be on Good Morning America, and I would like to know why. Same. Like, did she win a contest? Like, <laughs> like why did she, she want to be on Good Morning America sweepstakes? But, but I mean, like, in vote, like, with the interns, did they have some kind of, like, the best intern gets to be on? Like, it was, it was never clear as no. to why she was getting to be on. And she's pretty, but she's not that pretty. No. She's not model pretty. No. And Whitney is. And Whitney is, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't understand it. And then later when they're actually on Good Morning America, it stands out even more. Yeah. I'm like, what is she doing up Well, there? and she's not really tall enough and... No. She kind of looks like made under in a really formal gown. We'll get there. Um, so then we're at Brody's condo. And I have a little caveat about this. Yep. So I want to give a big sh- shout out and thank you to listener um, Michael Terzano, who kindly sent me an article about Brody's actual apartment building, like Love the building it. we're seeing. And I posted it on Twitter for all you guys to see. Um, at this point, it was probably posted a good month ago. <laughs> um, but if you scroll through, we don't post on Twitter that that often. True. You'll definitely be able to find it. But so thank you so much, Michael. It was yes. greatly appreciated. We love sleuthing. Oh yeah, so and guys, you. send us stuff. Like we yeah. love like any any tidbits out there that you get, like send them on in. Yeah. And actually didn't isn't that the building that one of the Osbournes lived in? And the guy from Million Dollar Decorators did their like condo? Yes. I think it's the same yeah, building. It is. Yeah. Martin Buell? Martin Van Buell? What's his name? The decorator guy? Yeah. Um Martin. Martin, yeah. <laughs> The gay dude. <laughs> yeah, the, the gay one. The older British gay dude. The gay one with the goth style that yeah. the Osbournes love. Yeah, there we go. So we are in the condo, and Spencer is on his laptop, like in his lap, probably on MySpace, and Heidi is looking for her shoes by digging through the couch. I, I don't keep my black pumps in the couch. Um, well, weirdly enough... <laughs> And I still, to this day, I mean, my mom just listened to this podcast, so she won't hear this. Um, don't know how this happens, but my mom found, when I was still living at home, a six-inch spike black stiletto heel in between our couch cushions. I, just, I have no idea. I mean, it's not like I was having girls over and, like, banging them on the couch with their stiletto yeah. heels. I wasn't wearing stiletto heels. Like, I, I, and I know my mom thought I was lying, but, I like, to this day, I don't know how I got but there. But all the things that could get stuck in between the... The cushions when you're banging on the couch, shoes is like lowest on the list. Like, don't you kick those off like when you're headed towards a couch? Well, what I'm thinking is, I don't think it was from banging. I think maybe if they were flats, because I don't think they were heels. No, she said I'm looking for my black pumps. Oh, okay. That's why I was. She literally like took like this pillow and like picked it up and was like, "Are are my shoes under here?" 
Well, maybe if she was sitting on the couch with like her legs, I don't know. You know what it is? It's complete bullshit. And they were like, waste some time. Like you're looking for something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what they should have been doing (laughs) is talking about Spencer's caramel corn necklace because it was. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And so Heidi's looking for her shoes or whatever. And Spencer immediately dives in and was like, well, I don't feel bad for you. And she's like, huh? He's like, well, if we lived together, you wouldn't have this problem of looking for your stuff. No, when you move in with someone, you can still misplace things. Well, and the weird thing is what he actually says, and this made no sense akin to what was going on, was if we lived together, you wouldn't have to run home to get, to your, get things. your things. And I'm like, well, no, she doesn't need to run home and get her things. She needs to find her things in your house, which yeah. would still happen if you were living together. She'd still lose her things. And also, it's Bolt House, and we know she can wear whatever the fuck she wants on her feet. She doesn't need to wear her black pumps. And, I mean... She's not going she to work. She works one day a month. She's I mean, not going come to work. On, please. Yeah. And if she's not filming, she's not working. We've seen her film in slippers. Yeah. So whatever she had on her feet while digging through the couch, she can just wear those. Yeah. Yeah. So then Spencer also drops like, Lauren, you living with Lauren is ruining our relationship. There's nothing wrong with your relationship. You're doing just fine. And the fact that you're pressuring her to move in, you guys seem pretty happy. And they have the same fight they've been having now for a couple episodes. And Heidi, again, is being oddly very level-headed about it. And saying, like, we haven't been dating that long. And it's, why do we have to rush into this? And I think things are great. And what's the hurry? And... Yeah. Um, and she and he like mocks her and she goes okay well why don't you decide my living arrangements yeah. and we'll talk about it and what I think is interesting and not endearing at all if I was her is he doesn't even say I want to live with you he says I don't want you living with Lauren yeah it's you need to live by yourself yeah. or you need to live with me and it's like what and okay. he's like you just shouldn't be living with Lauren are you going to pay for my one bedroom apartment there dad like what the fuck it's really Stupid. weird yeah. I, yeah and he's really pissing me off and it's completely fake um, so then Let's go back to the real highlights of the show. Oh, yes. To Good Morning America. It's the day of. We are at the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. That's a mouthful. Um, And we see Whitney. Oh, my God. She takes my breath away. Literally. Like, the hills do have size. She looks... We thought she looked good when she just tried it on. And now she's made up to actually wear the dress. Her makeup is even better than before because she's going to be on live TV. They've... It looks like they've kind of tailored or at least taped the dress to fit her even better than it did before. Like, well, and here's my they probably like pinned it internally, maybe. And I'm a dummy and I should have looked this up, but I would love to know how tall Hillary Swank is because Whitney, I'm pretty sure is a lot taller. So I almost feel like they would have had to, in a situation like that, I feel like you pick the dress that fits the model. You know what I mean? Like the, the model needs to be about the size of the person wearing it. Right. Yeah. And so... I feel like because Whitney is so much taller, they would have had to do some tailoring to the dress to get it to fit perfectly. It also looked a little bit taken in at her waist. Because it just, like, fit her so perfectly. Well, okay, the... Hillary Swank is 5'6". Whitney's a lot taller than I that. bet Whitney's 5'10", 5'11". Yeah. And so herein lies... So that's why we saw so much more back on Whitney and why it looked better on her. No, but we would have seen more back on Hillary because she's shorter. It would have been, we seen her ass crack. No, no, no. The ass would have come up higher. But that's what I'm saying. On Whitney, it went right to her ass crack. Like it was right, right above her it was ass crack. Right, more and you saw more back. But because of the size of the hole, what I'm saying is if it was on a shorter person, you would have actually seen ass crack. So they must have done something to tailor it to fit Whitney's taller body. She's four inches taller. She is. She's 5'10". So that's what I'm saying. I feel like if they truly, if it was the real dress with non-altered, we would have seen four inches of Hillary Swank's ass crack. Maybe. 
That's why I think it's suspicious. Like, I think yeah. that they had tailored it in advance. Because there's no way that quickly they could have done that, all that tailoring. Yeah. Or it's a remake. It's a reproduction. Maybe. It very well could be. It's it very like, well could it's be. It's not like Vogue couldn't ask Gila Roche to do that. Absolutely true. But that's know. what I kept thinking. I was like, we I, otherwise we would have seen Hillary, uh, Hillary uh, Swing's ass crack. Yeah. Long story short... Whitney looks insane. Amazing. She looks she looks gorgeous, yeah. <laughs> it it fits her better than it did Hillary Swank. That's the whole point of this conversation. And then we see Lauren arrive to the Good Morning America shoot, and she looks like a goddamn pilgrim. Yeah. <laughs> She's wearing, like, a white peasant top. Again, like, another billowy white top, but it's not tucked in. And she's wearing it with leggings. Lauren is in her leggings phase so hard, and I can't... It's better than the crop denim, maybe? I... I... <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it's actually a toss up, but these leggings are brown. Who has brown leggings? If not for a Halloween costume, Lauren, LC. I feel like even when you wear like brown boots in the winter, your leggings are still black. And the funny thing is, I wonder if she, I mean, do we think she was going for authenticity here? Because quite frankly, if you're not being followed by TV cameras and you do have to do like the behind the scenes stuff in a photo shoot or TV shoot or whatever, you do dress like shit because who gives a crap? No one's looking at you. You probably have to be there early in the morning. You just throw whatever is handy on. So was she trying to be authentic? Because I know Lauren in the beginning of this in the Hills was, was very obsessed with like things being authentic maybe so maybe she was like this is how i would address if the cameras weren't there so this is how i'm gonna dress maybe not a wise choice i'm no. not condoning it no but i'm just wondering if that's maybe what's her thought process. but then she had like makeup on and her hair was pulled back with another fucking headband and like she slipped in late so that's not really authentic but no but, but her hair was pulled back with a headband it's like it was yeah. done and blown out and curled she's and... also carrying a huge mustard color shiny vinyl purse and that's all I have to say about Maybe that. Maybe she repurposed her top from earlier into the purse. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she was up all night making a purse out of that her, rayon top. Her <laughs> top. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe. Um, so then we see Whitney and Super Emily and two models mm-hmm. at the top of the stairs. And this is a very interesting collection coming down this stairwell. And kudos to Meredith because she totally like caught one of them and I, I was skeptical but we looked it up and she was absolutely right yeah well there's no it's hard it's hard to see them on somebody else it's kind of strange yeah so anyway we see a model wearing Barbara Streisand's kind of famous is it like a pantsuit kind of thing it's like yeah. pants and a top it's a culottes yeah it's like see through culottes yeah and what movie was it from again funny girl funny girl right and then you see Whitney in this more modern like Hillary Swank dress and then you see is Super Emily next to her? No, Super Emily was on the, on the end. end. Yeah. So then you see um, this gorgeous black model wearing Cher's like spangly Bob Mackie bodysuit from 1988 when she won for Moonstruck. The model looks great in it. It actually look it repurposed. What was pretty... a dress? I th- I thought it had pants. No, it was a dress. The other one with the head pan that I the headdress that I thought it was. I think you got that backwards. The one with the headdress is a skirt. I thought this was a really pretty dress. No, I think this is like her sheer like bodysuit. So oh, they did okay. two bodysuits, two gowns, I guess. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I don't know. Whatever. The model looks... She looks fabulous in it. Yeah, I mean, as it was much actually... as I love Cher, she looked better than Cher ever looked in it. Yeah. And like, for something from 88, it actually kind of translated well into 2007, whereas the Barbra Streisand thing still looks fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's very silly. Um, and then Super Emily is all the way on the end. And compared to Whitney and the other two models, she doesn't quite fit there. It's not that she's unattractive. She's just... She's not a model and she's not as tall as them. And she's also wearing this 
really pretty Vera Wang dress, but it is from... It was worn by Kira Knightley the year she was nominated for Pride and Prejudice. It's a very pretty dress, and it is different than the other ones, but of memorable hospital... Or hospital. Memorable Oscar gowns. I didn't remember it at all. I had to look it up. I knew it was Vera Wang, but like... Of all the famous Oscar gowns, I don't feel like anyone says Kira Knightley anything. No. She's not, like, she's not that much of a red carpet presence. She's not. And it's it, an odd selection. And again, it almost reminded me of something that, like, Hillary Clinton would have worn when she was first lady to, like, a state dinner. Yeah. Or like, it was pretty, but it wasn't oscar It actually, it could be a little Michelle Obama, too, because Michelle Obama loves the, like, asymmetrical kind of, like, shoulder with stuff on it. And that's what this has. It's a very pretty dress. It's just not an Oscar memorable moment. Yeah, no, not And the all. other ones very much are. So, it's kind of odd. And they also, Andre Leontelli, as he walks the cameras through each piece, he doesn't say who wore the Vera Wang dress. No, he, he does He says, not. this is, you know... This is a Vera Wang dress paired with a Fred Layton necklace, and you see drama, you see style. But, like, he doesn't say that it was worn by Kira Knightley. Well, and they, he conveniently leaves that out. And they glance over Cher completely, and I have to say, while we've been talking, I look this up, and I can't tell if it's a dress or pants. Oh, there you go. We're both kind of right. I can't tell. Can you? I really can't. No, I can't either. Like, it could go either way. I can see why I thought it was pants. No, I can see why you thought it was pants, but like in all of these pictures, I can't tell. I wow, yeah. It it must be a dress then because of the way those sparkles fall. I don't know. That's a tough call. Interesting. Well, look it up, guys, yourself. Share's yeah. 1988 Oscar outfit and see. You can decide. Maybe we'll put a quiz up on on Twitter. We'll Take we'll, a poll. We'll, we'll do a poll. Yeah. Or maybe we should tweet Sharon ask. Oh, oh, good call. Yeah, 80, 88 Bob Mackie pants or dress. I will. I will. I will. I will totally tweet oh her. Oh my God. Do it. Okay. So then <laughs> we are live and we are coming down the stairs. <laughs> and Frank, take it from here, please. Oh my gosh. So they're walking down the stairs, walking, 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 all four of them in a row. They get to the bottom stair, the one before the bottom stair, and Whitney suddenly disappears from view. <laughs> She unfortunately is taking oh. quite a tumble. She falls a little to the down and to the left. And uh, people who actually watch this live, she just disappeared. Yeah, you like see she, three models with a hole in the Yeah, middle. all of a sudden she's gone. <laughs> My favorite, though, was Lauren's reaction. They yeah. immediately cut to Lauren, who is flabbergasted. And trying not to laugh. Trying not to laugh. And, like, you can see <laughs> in her face that she feels bad, but it was also It's amused. really funny. It's funny and very genuine. Yeah. So... This is where Whitney just shows how incredibly like poised and graceful she really is, though. She just stands up and yep. smiles her way through it. She does. She recovers instantly. Yeah. And Andre Leontelli, when he gets to her, she does such a beautiful job modeling the dress, and she still keeps smiling, and she does such a good job. I could not have done that. And so then when they cut, Andre Leontelli immediately starts clapping, and he goes, It's okay, honey. It's a great way to start your career. <laughs> he gives her a big hug and poor Whitney just instantly starts crying. <laughs> and I, I would too. I totally would. I think just like the pressure of live TV and like the stress of the moment of having to smile through it. I feel like as soon as I was allowed to cry, I just would out of like reaction. I think I don't, I definitely would not because she, everyone was so supportive. 
afterwards. And to get praise from Andre Leontal. I mean, first he tells you your model amazing, and then is like, oh, it's amazing. You're, you're fabulous. You did a great job. I know. We're so proud of you. I know. But she, it's when she walks away by herself. She's just got some, like, beautiful Whitney tears. Yes, you know? she does. <laughs> um, and you need to discuss her fabulous hairdo. Oh, okay. So it was a beautiful updo. It was a little bit side-swept to the right side, I believe. Her left side. Her left side. Yeah. Um, it was kind of like half of a French twist. Like, so it was very, like, swept over to the left side. And low. And low. It was it was, it was a, a very like Hollywood 1940s take almost on a low bun. It wasn't quite a bun, it was more folded over. And in the front, it like had a little bit of a side sweep. It was flawless. It was absolutely beautiful. It was and gorgeous. Kudos to the hairdresser because she took that tumble and her hair didn't move. Yeah, true. It did not move. No, not even a hair out because of place. Because if I was watching and I had done her hair, I would have been like, <gasps> and like thought that her hair, I mean, kudos to whoever did the hair because yeah. it, it didn't move. It stayed, good, stayed in place. Good point. Yeah. Um, so that's how the segment of Good Morning America ends. With well, and Whitney the, like sitting in a chair crying. The one other thing I wanted to, to just casually mention is again about Andre Leontali. He is wearing a suit. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And looks super normal. Yeah. And it was very off-putting and weird. With, like, a, sh- a matching shirt and tie and pocket yeah. square. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It was weird. Because we're just not used to seeing him like that now. I preferred the hockey sweater. Uh, me too. <laughs> I prefer his giant weird caftan moo-moos. Well, yeah, those are much more vogue. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so then, the next day, we're at Teen Vogue, and Whitney is sitting in Lisa Love's office looking like a kid in the principal's office. <laughs> and Lisa says, we need to talk about Good Morning America. And they set it up like it's going to be really dramatic. And Lisa does nothing but shower her with praise. She says, you did so well. Like, you did us so proud. You recovered so well. Amy Astley wrote you a letter. And it says, even Naomi Campbell has taken a tumble on the runway. You're in great company. Which is amazing. Amazing. And then, what else did she get? Um, She got a letter, or call, was it? From Anna Wintour. Yeah. Who also said she did an amazing job. Yep. And it's really cute. Whitney asks if she can keep the letter, which I would too. And she said she's going to frame it, yep. which she is. Um, so then the other thing that's interesting about this is that Whitney looks great again, like hair and makeup. She's wearing a really ugly sweater. It made me a little sad. I think I had one like it. It's just like a cable knit cardigan, but a zipper cable knit cardigan. So it's just like zippers and cable knit don't seem to mix, but I it's think... It's edgy. <laughs> yeah. yep it sure was um so then lisa gives her the go-ahead to like go for this interview for the fashion contributor job in new york because of her you know decorum and poise for days and she says like we we have you in the family and we want to keep you here but she did did she kind of remind her of the competitive of course she did at the end she's like and just remember it's not a done deal and there's a lot and we're like we get it we fucking get it lisa love calm the fuck down yeah so but she gets the green light to go for it and she's going to go to New York, which is exciting. So then Whitney and Lauren are out to lunch and Audrina's oddly there. Yeah. Production must have called her and said the girls are having lunch. She's going to drive over here. <laughs> you, you haven't been on screen lately. Get, get on screen. We're yeah. paying you now. So yeah. you need to get on screen. And they're talking about Good Morning America and how Whitney fell and how she only went to the side and Lauren feared it would be a domino effect with the model on the other side, which I kind of thought too. The way she fell. Which would have been amazing. And the woman in the Barbara Streisand outfit looks so shocked. She almost <laughs> made more of a shocked face than Whitney. Um, but that's not what happened. And Lauren is the first person on the hills to wear the Yves Saint Laurent skull print scarf. Yep. Noticed it a mile away. Kind of exciting. But now that we've seen them for like 10 years, it's less so. Lauren's lips are also 
so frosted. Like, this doesn't even look like classy frosted. It's like Bon Bell's lip smackers <laughs> and like f- vanilla frosting white. Um, and I have to remind you that when we recorded last time, I have that scarf. And we took a picture of it. I am preparing the photo. For okay, I was going to say, week. and so you guys will get to see it on Instagram. Yeah. I believe I also paired it with my Gucci bag so and some sunglasses of the era. So uh, yep. <laughs> I was really giving it full on uh, Frank is knocking on style. 2007's door. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then Whitney mentions that if she gets this job, that she'd be in charge of the intern and Lauren interns. And Lauren says, I didn't know that. Like, it's a massive reveal. And Whitney's like, well, that's not the part that I'm really that excited about. Like, I didn't say anything. And Lauren says, well, if Emily gets the job, I would quit. Like, (laughs) no, seriously, I would quit. Um, And I had a little backtrack reference real quick that I had noticed um, when they're talking about the fall. Audrina, I think, throws some hardcore shade at Ashley Simpson. Oh, she does. And says, because they keep saying live TV, live TV, live TV. And so um, Audrina says, well, like, worst things have happened on live TV. You know, it's not like you ran off the stage crying. So true. Which is, I mean, that was a total dig at Ashley Simpson, like a thousand percent. I watched that live. It was a train wreck. It was a train wreck. It It was was hysterical. And then she came out and blamed her band. Yeah, she did. But I I know that's exactly what Audrina was talking about. Yeah, it's true. Because they kind of cut it quickly, too. Well, and also, I don't know if she's hanging out with him yet, but like we all know that later on she hangs out with Ryan Cabrera, and Ryan Cabrera used to date Ashley Simpson, so there could have been some like. Weren't she and Ryan Cabrera friends before she dated him? Yes, so I'm saying, I think this was full on shade at Ashley Simpson. Yeah, it's good. I mean, she deserves it. Um, So that we, uh, Elsie says she's gonna quit. Yep. Over Emily. Like, seriously, I would quit. Yeah. And, and <laughs> we wouldn't blame her. Nope. Um, and so then we're done with that, and we segue on to Bolt House, which we final, haven't seen in a while. Final scene at Bolt House. Um, and for someone who is concerned about wearing her black fucking pumps to work, she looks like she rolled out of bed. Yeah. Schlubbo City. So here is our other example of bad layering in this episode. Heidi is wearing, like, a sheer-ish white cotton long-sleeve shirt. Under it, she's wearing a short sleeve, white, printed t-shirt that's like wrinkly as shit and the sleeves are not even laying properly under the long sleeve shirt. It makes zero sense. Yeah. She's giving Casual Friday a whole new meaning for someone who's looking for pumps <laughs> earlier. So, it's fucking stupid. Uh, so, Spencer calls. She's because a- he's out driving around. Yeah, out driving around. Because as we, as you guys know, all Spencer does is drive around in his car all day long. He's in the alley. Uh, so yes, weird. So we get some more alley time. He's in the alley. Calls back because I'm in the alley. Yep. And I don't think they understand what an alley is because it is a parking lot. It's a parking lot. It is not an alley. It is a fucking parking lot. There are two rows of parked cars on either side. Yeah. It's. I don't. I don't think they understand what an alley is. No. Um, so Spencer gets into the, uh, she, Spencer, she comes out, she gets in the car and she and Spencer have another inane fight about moving in together. Yep. And the thing that I like about Heidi in this instance though, is that she's actually kind of taking some responsibility. She said like, let me be ready. Cause she's finally saying like, I'm just not ready. It's not about Lauren. It's not about this. She keeps saying my friends. Yeah. And Spencer does call her on some bullshit. He says, no, it's one friend. Which is true. It is true. But Heidi's also being honest. Although, now, well, let's hold back a minute. Because we have seen Elodie saying, like, maybe it's too soon. Remember all this stuff? Maybe it's too soon to move with a boyfriend. Like, I mean, other... So I think Lauren is the main friend. But I do think some of her work friends, who aren't really her friends, have expressed concern. We also know that her sister Holly 
spent a lot of time with her and Lauren and practically lived with them. Maybe she doesn't like Spencer already either. Yeah. So I, so I, I mean, kind of called bullshit, but I, yeah, they also, she has to say something because I think her real fear is like, if I move in with you, I'll get less screen time. And I think what and that's he, valid. And I think the smoke that he's been blowing up her ass is, oh, baby, if you move in with me, Lauren's going to get less screen time because we're going to be the power right. couple. Right. So she's right to be fearful of that. Yeah. Because the whole premise is her and Lauren living together. Yeah. And they are in the middle of a lease. There's no way they're not. No, of it's course fe- not. It's actually February. Yeah. So, because in this argument, Spencer says, like, we've been arguing about this for a month. So it's, it's February. But Heidi says, like, just let me be ready. And Spencer makes fun of her. It's like, oh, you're not ready yet? Like, he got, like it's just dumb. Because he's a dick. I know. It's just dumb. And she's like, so if I'm not ready to move in with you, like, that's just it? And he's like, yeah, kind of. She goes, well, my answer is no. And he says, well, my answer is get out of my car. Which is amazing. So Heidi gets out of the car. And girl after my own heart, not only does she slam the door. And this is what I was talking about earlier. This is Mare's She literally, line. like, takes a step back and puts both hands on the door and, like, throws it shut, yep. which is passive-aggressive, and I love it. She goes, stupid car. <laughs> and I have a quick... Like, the car caused all the problems. Side note about the car, I think it's interesting that he's driving a BMW because now... You never see BMWs on reality shows. It's all Mercedes. Mercedes, Mercedes, Mercedes. Yeah. Like, I feel like BMWs have kind of fallen out of favor. Gigi Hadid just did a big BMW commercial, I think. So they're going to be on the up and up soon. Okay. Well, that's good. She did like their new series and it's like her driving some like, I think it's... Because on all of the trashy reality shows I watch, they all drive Mercedes. Like Shots of Sunset? Yeah. Well, and Housewives and Rich Kids and it's all Mercedes. Actually, we see a lot of Cadillacs too. Like Escalades and like... But only the big ones. Like, yeah. only the SUV ones, not, yeah. like, the smaller ones. Yeah. I think Gigi Hadid just did a BMW commercial. I'm Interesting. Be, yeah. I th- I'm, I'm Italian, so I'm all for the Cadillacs. Oh, okay. A nice WAP yacht. Um, the other thing I noticed in this scene with Spencer and Heidi before he, like, peels out of this fucking parking lot at SBE yet again, he's wearing one of the most hideous pieces of male jewelry I've ever seen in my <laughs> It and it doesn't like, even match the popcorn necklace. Oh my god. It is like the... It's bigger than a Super Bowl ring. Yep. And it's perfectly square on yep. top. I, I don't know what it is. It doesn't say anything. It it's lo- not a class ring. It's not a sports ring. It looks ring. like a signet ring. Yeah, but it's square. Signet rings are usually like round on top. But I mean, that's what it looked... The size yeah. of it to me. It looked like, a, but like I didn't it was see going to be old-timey like, ceiling letters with it. Yeah, like... <laughs> It's a wax seal. It's like yeah. Game of Thrones up in here. It's it's huge, and I didn't see any like engraving or initials on it or anything. It's just bizarre. No, there was a little thing on top of it. It looked it like was... a stone. Oh, I see. I thought it was more metal. I don't. I mean, I don't know what. It looks like he's got a little pot of cocaine with a lid on it. Oh my god, that would have been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I would have more respect that, for him. It looks like a huge on. locket, but on top of a huge ring. Yeah, I mean, it really it's, did. It's disgusting. We're gonna have to pay attention and see if we see it again. If, if it makes more appearances. If I'm really bored at work this week, which I'll probably, I'm going to be, it's a slow week for me, I'll try and screen grab it. <laughs> it's, it's worth noting. It's ridiculous. I don't understand it. Um, so that's it. Yeah. Like they leave. So we, we segue into the um, scenes for next week. Next week is the season finale. Of season um, two. Of season two. We get a lot of Spidey. This is the beginning of Spidey. Um, the real beginning of Spidey because this right. is when Heidi moves out of Lauren's apartment. So all of this bullshit pandering for weeks of, oh, I'm going to move out, I'm not going to move out. Well, she fucking moves out. Like, it's ridiculous. 
<laughs> Way to entice listeners to come back next week. Well, I mean, they show the U-Haul, and they're, I mean, <laughs> come on. Um, the, and, but the episode's actually good. Um, and so Whitney, and Whitney gets to go to New York. <laughs> this is like when you gave away the pregnancy test, and I edited it out because I was so mad at you. <laughs> And now I have to leave this in. So. You have to. But I mean, it's not like everybody knows she moves out. It's only in the secret. I, I know. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I just like to pretend and keep an air of suspense, even though everybody knows. <laughs> okay, guys. So, so that's it. Um, we will see you guys next week. <sighs> and that's our episode. And you can find the podcast on social media, Instagram and Twitter at Frankly Mayor B. And if you have any comments or questions, you can email us at franklymarebe at gmail.com. You can find me personally on Instagram and Twitter at Nana's Mink. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Hey It's Mayor B. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. We'd love it if you could go to iTunes and give us a star rating and review and please subscribe. Until next time. <laughs>